Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 57. I'm your host, Riley. This week, after the long delay of what is going to be after tee off on Thursday, 11 days, the PGA Tours back after a week off. We have the Fortinet Championship this week. Um, if it sounds unfamiliar, it is because it is. It's the first time this company or whatever the fuck Fortinet is, is the title sponsor. Uh, it's the Safeway Open in Napa, California. That's what this tournament is. The field looks okay, so we have that to preview. Um, last week on the show, I said that this week was all going to be about previewing the Ryder Cup. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I got the dates mixed up. I thought it was Ryder Cup week. It is not. We are getting ready for the Fortinet Championship, which the field's kind of weak, but has a little bit of big names, like not too many, but enough to maybe watch. I don't know if I'm going to. I might still be mentally preparing for the Ryder Cup. Who knows? But that's what we're going to do. We're going to preview that tournament. Um, the Ryder Cup teams are now official. The first six for the U.S. side were um, automatically qualified right after the Tour Championship. And then the first, I think, five for the European team automatically qualified right before the BMW PGA Championship on the Euro Tour. But now after Stricker made his six captain's picks and now that the BMW PGA is over, the European side and the U.S. side are now official. Captain's picks-wise, I think we got most of them correct. I put Patrick Reed on there despite um, health I get why Stricker didn't put him on there. Totally get it. And obviously, we're going to get to reading what happened on his Twitter account and all that stuff later in the show also. But the U.S. team is once again stacked. The European team is very, very, very familiar looking for people that watch the uh, Ryder Cup every other year. Rory's there. Rom's there. Fleetwood is back to murder us again. Paul Casey again. Lee Westwood for like the 20th time. Um, Sergio again. So the Europeans are just... They're always a problem. They always get us. It, I I do believe it. Baseline is like a chemistry issue. Like all those dudes are just boys over there, and the U.S. team hates each other because they let egos get in the way. And sh- I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week next week to watch the Ryder Cup. But who knows what's gonna happen? Um. So we're gonna go over both teams and um just kind of a notes on each guy. But before we get into everything, headlines. It was just announced, actually, I think either earlier today or late last night. I forget. I think it might have been last night. Uh, Will's out tours is your PGA Rookie of the Year, PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. That's the biggest no-brainer of all time. Absolutely no surprise. Eight top tens last season. Huge performance at the Masters. T6 at Winfoot at the U.S. Open. Top 10 at Kiwa Island. Um, 31st in the official World Golf Rankings. Didn't make it to the FedEx Cup because he wasn't technically a member of the PGA Tour. That all stops this week as he will be teeing it up in Napa for the very first time as a PGA Tour member. So that is awesome. Um, but that's the biggest no-brainer of all time. I really don't think anybody else is really into the discussion. So Will Zalatoris, PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. 
And then on the European side, Billy Horschel actually won the BMW PGA Championship. He loves that golf course. That was one of the first things he said after he won. He said, I could play this golf course every single day. That's his second win of the season. If you guys remember, he was the match play champion back in March over Scotty Scheffler, my boy. And he was one of the guys that was... I don't want to say upset about not getting picked for the Ryder Cup because I don't know if he was ever really in the conversation of actually getting selected. But with being a match play champion, obviously you thrive in that kind of environment and he's a feisty dude. He's a psychopath. He might be a bona fide psychopath. Um, The way he laughs at himself and stuff maniacally. It is actually kind of scary watching him play golf sometimes. But that's the kind of... He thrives in that kind of environment, obviously. We saw it back in March. So... He was a little upset about not making the Ryder Cup team, but this victory kind of puts him in that 13th man spot, meaning Brooks just went down with a wrist injury. Who knows if he's ready to play next Friday. Billy Horschel could be on a plane in two seconds to fill in for that team. So he put himself in a good spot. If sickness happens, if COVID happens, if an injury happens, it's probably going to be Billy Horschel to get the first call. And that's even with... Patrick Reed and Webb Simpson on the sidelines. I think you have to go with Billy. Match play champion won two days ago. So I think it's an easy call for Stricker if it comes down to it. But Billy Ho gets his second win of the season. That's it for headlines, though. So Ryder Cup. Let's go over each team. These six automatic qualifiers, like I went over uh, last week on the show, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Calmore, Coward, Bryson, DeChambeau, Brooks Keppa, and Patrick Cantlay, those guys were automatically qualified. This week, Stricker made his picks. Xander, no-brainer. Jordan, no-brainer. Tony Finau, no-brainer. Daniel Berger, no-brainer. This is where it kind of came a decision here. Harris English, he took, which I totally get. He's coming off of probably his best season on the PGA Tour. He's been one of the most consistent guys on tour all season long. And then they took my guy, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I said um, last week on the show that I think that he should be a lock. I think he's gritty. He played well in the match play, and I and I wrote a piece for uh, Golf Week last week about Scotty Scheffler, and I said that he may be the most important captain's pick for Captain Stricker this year on the Ryder Cup team. I'm not saying that he's going to outplay Jordan. I'm not saying that he's going to outplay Xander, but I think when you get later into the week and you need some of your bench guys to come up in big spots when you need to rest the top guy rest the top guy excuse me for the Sunday singles matches right if if uh DJ needs a blow or JT needs a blow Saturday afternoon and you put Scotty in there I think he's the perfect guy. His game is so consistent. And at the match play, he wasn't just going through nobodies to get there. I mean, he beat Kucher, he beat Ian Poulter, he beat down Ian Poulter in dramatic fashion too. On the 11th hole, Poulter hit a 40-footer for birdie and Scotty chipped in to tie the hole to stay, I think, three up going to 12. Like, beat Ian Poulter and then he beat John Rahm. Like, he beat some boys going to that championship match. So we know that he can do it and I, he is going to be huge. I just think he's being put in a big spot. I can't wait to watch Scotty because I think his game fits perfectly. He's long off the tee, but he's also accurate. He's a good putter. He can roll it. I just think he's his personality. He can stay even keel during a Ryder Cup, what you need. You can't let your emotions get too high or too low. I just think Scotty might be, and in my opinion, is the most important pick Stricker made last Wednesday because some of those guys are no-brainers. Those bottom guys are where the captains can make a real difference, and it was a very, very good move to choose youth over Reed and Simpson in my eyes 
for Scotty. I think it was a perfect pick. Uh, the European team is set. Roy McIlroy, world number one John Rahm, United States, United States mass murderer at the, at the France Ryder Cup a couple years ago, Tommy Fleetwood. He put us in his back pocket and just patted us on the head. It was, he dominated us. Dominated. Paul Casey, who's one of the most consistent players in golf for the last, what, 15 years. That dude just is ridiculous. Um, Terrell Hatton, who I just said, uh, Scotty Scheffler is good emotion-wise to stay even keel. Terrell Hatton might murder somebody at a Ryder Cup. Lee Westwood, who this is going to be his uh, 45th Ryder Cup. He's been in a lot of these. Uh, Matty Fitz, who I'm very excited. I think Matty Fitz is another just grinder just a really good golfer, does everything well, fantastic putter, which I think could make a very big difference next week. When you guys, when a team has a lot of dudes that can roll it, that is demoralizing. Like if a guy gets up and down for par from a bunker, right? The United States guy, and maybe Matty Fitz has been kind of ping-ponging his way up the hole and has a 15-footer for par and drills it. Those are the kind of putts that absolutely kill opponents. And Matty Fitz is known for that. I'm excited to watch Matty Fitz in a Ryder Cup environment. Sergio, again, again, he's been here a bunch of times. Victor Hovland's going to be a Ryder Cup rookie. I'm excited to watch him. His game is explosive. Um, I think he's going to be, and Rory said it too, and I included it in the Golf Week piece, Victor Hovland is um, going to be a staple of that Ryder Cup team for the European side for the next 15, 20 years. The kid is a stud. Uh, Shane Lowry, who has had an enormous year, um, 2019 champion golfer of the year, but he had good performances in big tournaments this year. I think he could be, and he can also roll it. He could be a weapon for the European team. Talking about a guy that can roll it and make those just knee-breaking putts is Ian Poulter. Altogether, the U.S. team has six rookies on their squad. Steve Stricker said he's not worried about the rookies. He's not worried about that. The guys are talented enough to make up for that kind of stuff. And then the European tour has three rookies. So the European tour is um, a lot more experienced than the U.S. team. I don't know. I just think we're in for a show. Like that U.S. That US team is absolutely stacked. JT, DJ, Colin, Bryson, Brooks, Cantlay, Jordan, Xander, Tony, Scotty. Like that is ridiculous. Um, I, I can't wait for this. But one of the guys left off from Steve Stricker, he said that he lost sleep over this pick was Patrick Reed, which I get. Patrick Reed is, when you think about USA Team Golf, one of the first guys that come to mind, probably the first guy that comes to mind is Patrick Reed. But he got left off the team. He was just in the hospital due to bilateral pneumonia, I believe it was called. I think at the tour championship, he said he was battling for his life in the hospital. The doctors were telling him to like talk to his family and friends a lot just in case something happened. He hasn't had a top sign, uh, top 10 finish excuse me, since the memorial. I understand why Steve Stricker left him off the roster. It just makes sense, right? He really isn't in that good of form. He's coming off a hospital visit and really hasn't had a good team performance since the 2017 President's Cup. He went 3-1-1 one, one that week. And then I also, he went 2-1-1 one, one at the 2016 Ryder Cup. Obviously, the famous match with Rory is what everybody like thinks about when they think Ryder Cup. That's the first thing over the last like 20 years probably that everybody thinks about. But since then, has really struggled, to be honest. He hasn't won that many matches. His, his record is terrible. So for the last... 
what is that, three team events, he really hasn't been that good. So for Steve Stricker to leave him off this lineup, I totally get it. But the dude can't stay out of his own way. He didn't announce anything on Twitter, whatever. He didn't really talk about it. But if he, somebody went into his likes and all the tweets that were, he was liking were like putting down Stricker, saying that Team USA is nothing without quote-unquote Captain America and all this stuff, the dude just can't stay out of his own way. And that probably kicked him out of that like 13th man spot, right? What if Brooks goes down and he can't play? Probably because of that behavior on Twitter, which I don't want to say that's the only reason, but the chemistry in that locker room gets worse if Patrick Reed goes. And you just got like publicly outed for just demoralizing the captain of the team with like tweets. It's just not a good look. The dude just can't get out of his own way. So I don't know. I agree with leaving him off, even though I put him on the team. I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get it. And I'm excited to see youth. I mean, six rookies, that's exciting. So I'm pumped about it. The Ryder Cup is going to be September 24th through the 26th at Whistling Straits. Um, the Team USA was there or is there uh, for practice. I don't know if they've left yet, to be honest. They were there, um, I believe, what was that, a couple days ago. But Stricker said that they were going there for a two-day two day like practice session, get to know the course a little bit and play with the team. So that's kind of good. Hopefully, they can build some chemistry when they're over there. Um, we'll see that. We'll see if it hap- or helps excuse me, this time around. Um, Betting-wise. Minus 215 for the U.S. team to win. Um, in the last eight Ryder Cups that they were favored, the U.S. is 3-5. and five. So it really hasn't been great when we're favored. So hopefully we turn the tide again. Like the, the team is stacked. It's probably just going to come down to chemistry issues, which we have a lot of those. So hopefully those don't like rear its ugly head, and that is one of the reasons why we lose. That would suck. But enough of that talk. Let's jump into the Fortinet Championship. Um, like I said... It's here. From the last part of the Tour Championship to the first tee shot of the Fortinet Championship this Thursday, 11 days will have passed without PGA Tour golf. It was a long break. It was grueling. Um, Luckily, we had week one of uh, the NFL, which if you guys have been listening to the show maybe since the beginning, um, I'm a gigantic New England Patriots fan. it's really the only thing I, I like more than the PGA Tour. I was there on Sunday afternoon for the Dolphins game. Not going to get into it. Mac Jones. Is he the greatest quarterback in the NFL? People are people are saying. People are talking. Did he look fantastic? Was he the best rookie quarterback out of all the rookie quarterbacks that started on Sunday? Yep. I mean, the Pats lost, but the kid looked fantastic. Anyway, moving on. The field. Uh, Will Zalatoris is here, the newly crowned PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. First appearance this season. Obviously, this is the first event. But like I mentioned at the top of the show, this is going to be his first tournament as an official PGA Tour member. So he can go to Eastlake next year, which is exciting, or have the opportunity to go to Eastlake next year. So that's going to be sweet. Um, He's coming off a campaign where he was inside the top 10 in both strokes and approach and tee degree. Not a surprise. I think he was seventh in approach. The kid is a ball striker's ball striker. In a weaker field, he's going to be a popular pick. I think he's plus 2,100 on FanDuel and plus 2,800 on DraftKings. So if you like Will, bet DraftKings this week. Um, World number one, John Rahm is here. A little surprising. Um, I know he plays here a decent amount. California near home, Napa, California. 
Maybe he's just looking for a little form going into the Ryder Cup, but I mean, he's coming off a runner-up finish at that tour championship, little $5 million check. That won't hurt the feelings. Um, so who knows why he's here? You would think he would want to maybe a week off before the Ryder Cup or maybe go spend this weekend at Whistling Straits to get ready. But I mean, he's the world number one for the reason he's better at golf than anybody in the world right now. So I understand why he can kind of do whatever he wants. Other big names in the field include Phil Mickelson, who is here pretty much every year. It's a nap, it's in wine. He can get drunk all week. I understand why Phil's here. He's a wino. I love it. Uh, Max Homa's here, a local boy. Master champion Hideki Matsuyama is also here. Cameron Chan is also a California kid. He is here. He won this tournament back in 2019 for that might have been his first PGA Tour win actually. Might have been is either the Safeway I think didn't he win like the Sanderson Farms or something too. But I think this was one of his first PGA Tour wins. He has 3, but this was either his first or his second, I don't remember. Uh the golf course, Silverado Resort and Spa, it is the North Course, 7123 yards, par 71. This golf course, very mature trees is what I kept kept saying or seeing when I was reading online. Um, They're tree-lined. The fairways are tight. You're going to have to be really accurate off the tee this week. Um, And the greens are tough. The greens are tough to read. They're tough to putt. So that's what it's going to come down to. A little bit of weather. It's going to be, spoiler alert, it's going to be sunny. That's what it is in California. I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, Thursday, 75. Friday's 79, Saturday's 75, Sunday's 78, and it's just like partly cloudy. Napa, California. That must be nice. Imagine living like that. Every day you walk out your door, it's just 75 degrees out and sunny. I don't know if that would be sick or at some point you would have to like go to the hospital because you think you're reliving the same day every day. Uh, Key stats. With tight fairways, like I just said, targeting guys who hit a lot of fairways is going to be important this week. Last year at this event, stroke scene approach caused the most variation in scoring compared to the years before when putting did. Again, the greens are are, are a little tricky. So when guys come in and they feel comfortable, that's where the variation is. When you're putting really well, boom, there we go. On a shorter golf course, though, I like strokes and approach to cause more variation this week. Um, I just think if you get like 10 guys that are really hot with their wedges, that's going to be huge. In his win last year, Sink's strongest stat strokes gained wise was approach. And actually four of the top six finishers last year on the leaderboard, strokes and approach was their strongest stat. Over the last, shout out Justin Ray for this next stat. Over the last three seasons, this course has produced the third most approach shots from 50 yards to 125 yards. It is a wedge golf course. If you are a shitty wedge player, shout out Rory McIlroy. If you're not a great wedge player, sorry, Rory, I love you. If you're not a great wedge player, you're going to struggle here. So we're going to be targeting some wedge players this week. Data golf information, course fit. Uh, number one is TPC Boston, who used to half uh host the Northern Trust before this year. Number two is Royal St. George's. And number three is TBC Scottsdale. Trending of the players in the field, John Rahm, his last three starts is a solo third, T9, and a solo second. Kevin Na is number two. Nah. T8, T17, and a solo third. And number three... Uh, dad himself, Webb Simpson, T7, T47, and T12. Percent chance to win, number one is John Rahm, 21.7%. Number two is Hideki at 4.3%. And number three is Webb Simpson at 3.7%. It is insane that John Rahm has over a 20% chance to win, according to Datagolf. That's incredible. That's so high. That's like Tiger Prime shit. It's awesome. Some betting odds. These are all courtesy of um, FanDuel. John Rahm is at plus 460. 
Some guys get that for like a top 10 finish, top 20 finish. You get that for John Rahm to win the tournament. Number two is Webb Simpson at 12. Hideki's at 15. Will Zalatoris is at 21. Kevin Nye is up at 23. He's fifth. That's crazy. Cameron Champ is at 31. Siwoo Kim's at 33. Harold Vaughn at the third is at 33. That man doesn't usually see the inside of the top 40 when it comes to odds. When you when Harold Vaughn of the third is inside the top 10 in odds, you know this is a pretty weak field. Cameron Chingali is at 33. Sebastian Munoz is at 39. Uh, Charlie the Siegel Hoffman is at 43. Max Homa is at 43. Mark Leishman's at 43. Mav McNeely's at 43. Uh, Steven Yeager is at 47. I don't know who that is. It's not a lot of times when I run through these odds that I don't know who somebody is. Steven Yeager, I've never heard that name before in my life, is at 47. Brian Stewart's at 6. Emiliano Grillo is at 6. Ches Reeves at 6. Brant Sned's at 65. Actually, a couple, a guy that a lot of people are actually looking at to win this week, Doug Gimmons at 75. So you might want to look at that. He's just crazy consistent. As well as Brendan Todd is also at 75. When you think about a guy that just hits every fairway and every green, that's Brandon Todd the most boring man on earth to watch play golf legitimately maybe the most boring person to watch i remember i think i can't remember the year but i think one year that i was at the arnold palmer invitational i watched harris english and brandon todd play golf together for like a couple holes i had to walk away it was awful i mean they're just crazy consistent but man that would be that's a boring way to play golf. But when you play golf boring, you're usually pretty damn good and you make millions of dollars. So I respect that. Some guys that we're going to look at. I think I have I think I think have five that we're going to run through real quick before we get out of here. Uh, we're going to start with Kevin Na, actually, who's inside the top five when it comes to betting odds. He's obviously trending really nicely. No finish worse than T23 in his last six starts, and three of those are actually top five finishes. He doesn't have extensive history at this golf tournament, but he did finish seventh back in 2016. His stroke gains numbers over his last 12 rounds really look good. 24th in approach, second around the green, 11th putting, third total. The only one that doesn't look great, I think it's even outside the top 100, is stroke seen off the tee, but that's just because lack of distance. He still hits a lot of fairways. He's up in the anywhere from like 64% to 70%. He just hits a lot of fairways. So that's going to be huge at this golf course. It's not that long. Again, it's a par 71 and only 7,100 yards. That's pretty short for the PGA tour. So I'm much more worried about accuracy than distance this week. He's 23rd in proximity from 75 to hundred. So he's a pretty good wedge player in a weaker field this week. The way that he's playing golf, he has a top 10 here. I expect Kevin Nye to come in the top 20. I don't know what kind of odds that we're going to get that for that kind of finish for now later in the week, just because he's one of the betting favorites. If we're able to get plus odds for Kevin, not to finish inside the top 20, I think I'm going to take it. He's in really good form. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if he wins this week. I know another guy that's like, it's tough to say quote unquote pissed off about missing the Ryder cup team as Kevin, nah, but he's kind of got a point. He was in really good form. I don't know. A lot of people wanted Kevin on that team. I was looking on Twitter. I don't know how you possibly put Kevin on that team. Imagine imagine turning on the Ryder Cup Friday morning and the second group is like Brooks Kepka and Kevin Na. I couldn't imagine it. Shout out Kevin Na, though. No offense. But I think he's going to compete this week. So hopefully if we get plus odds for a top 20, I would even almost feel comfortable with the top 10 for Kevin Na. We are going to take it. Um, I've bet on this guy a decent amount, actually, and he's won me a decent amount of money, and that is Mr. Maverick McNeely. He missed a cut at the PGA 
Becky Kiwa. And then after that, he didn't finish outside the top 30 in seven straight starts, and four of those are actually top 20 finishes. His last start was an outside top 30 finish at T63 at the BMW, which is not good because if you guys watched the FedEx Cup playoffs, there was only 70 guys in that field. So he was borderline last. But over the last three, four months, he's been a stud. He's made the cut in all but one appearance at this golf tournament, but he hasn't had that high finish. I don't even think he has a top 30. He's been, in a, he's been hitting a lot of fairways, 73% um, and up in three of his last six starts. The putter went ice cold at the BMW. I think he lost over a stroke. Um, just, And that might have been over a stroke per round. Like The dude's putter went ice cold, and that's from a guy that can absolutely roll it. Um, so hopefully that turns around this week. He's still looking for his first win and he's going to be one of the bigger names in this field. He just had a really solid season last year. John Deere, he was right there, played a shitty last round. He was the runner up at the AT&T Pebble Beach to Daniel Berger. Like the kid can play some golf, especially at golf, um, courses that are all about accuracy. And then in a little bit weaker of a field, like you think about Pebble Beach, like you want to be in the fairway, you want to hit greens and the field is usually not that great. This is kind of one of those golf tournaments and golf courses. I like Mav this week and that's not bias. I'm a Mav fan. But I do think that we could probably get some value for him. What is he sitting at at um, FanDuel? He is at plus 4,300. So he's going to be plus value for a top 20 finish, maybe even a top 30 finish. So I like Mav this week. Um, another one of our, another one of my guys, Max Homa. Last season on tour, he ranked 16th in scoring from 50 to 125 yards. So that's based off scoring per like attempt. Um, so he's good from that range. He's a solid wedge player. He's been working on his game a lot, um, back home. And I think he's really motivated to have a really good season. Cause he didn't really end that well. Like he had a great start to the year. He was finishing inside the top 20 every single week. He was easy money every single time he teed it up. And then over the last like month or two, even going back to after his really good start at the Valspar, he just really hasn't had anything. So we'll see if Maxing turn it around. Um, like I said, he's been struggling. Only had one top 30 in his last six starts of the season. It was a T25. Uh, has made the cut in his last two appearances here, but again, not a good finish. I don't even know if he has a top 30. In a weaker field, he's going to just be one of the most talented players in the field, which always counts for something. Could be a nice top 30 value bet for us. Uh, Max, it's a, again, right with uh, Mav actually at 43. So again, another guy that we're going to look at a little bit further down the board that can give us some value for a top 30 pick. A guy that can give us some value for a top 40 pick, Pat Perez. In his last seven starts, he missed two cuts. But in the other five, he had four finishes of T16 or better. Just playing pretty good golf over the last two, three months. He's 31st in proximity last season on tour. He was um, from 100 to 125. Oh, no, wait. Wrong stat. Wrong stat. Check that. Check that. Don't take that down as notes. He was 30. He's 31st in proximity from 100 to 125 in his last 24 rounds. So he's currently wedging it well, which is good to see, especially at this golf course. He had a top 10 finish here last year, which I always love to see guys that have been playing well recently and have pretty decent recent course history. Those are guys that I always like to target. And Pat Perez has both of those things. And again, sometimes you just have to, in golf betting, Sometimes you just have to throw all the stats away. And sometimes you just need to make a field play. Like at the, what the hell tournament was that in Vegas last year? Was it the CJ Cup? 
Vegas, everything that surrounds Vegas, I don't need to explain to all you guys. Was it Coke Rack to win that? Sometimes the storyline just it just writes itself and you just win the tournament that you're supposed to. He's got the big MGM logo on his hat, Jason Kokrak. It's the perfect guy to win that golf tournament. This week in Napa, California, wine country, Pat Perez, Napa, wine. Four words. It's the perfect equation. And another guy that just makes too much sense in this situation this week and another guy that can give us some top 40 value. Pat Perez, go drink some wine, go have some fun, go relax in Napa, get a little buzz on with the boys after each round and go cash at the top 40 this week. I think we can get him. He's plus 9,500 to win, so we're going to get plus odds for a top 40 for sure with Mr. Pat Perez. And then our last bet, or our last guy to watch is a guy that we actually had a couple times late last season, and that man is Mr. Hank Labiota. He WD'd from the 3M Open due to a family emergency. Then he made two starts after that. He missed the cut at both appearances. And he didn't, like, one of the one of the tournaments he missed the cut, but I think he shot, like, three under or two under, and it just wasn't good enough to make the cut. And then the tournament after that, his first round was awful, and he came back and shot, like, two or three under or something like that. So it's not like he's playing awful golf. Before that, though, he had three finishes. The three starts before his WD were all T8 or better. Last season on tour, he was fourth in scoring from 50 to 125. So he's a really good wedge player when he gets himself those opportunities. He's great from that range. At this event, though, he is only one of three for making the cut. Again, long shot, not very good course history, doesn't have ideal form. But you go back just a few months ago, he was one of the hottest players on tour. And those were events that are kind of like this one, like the JDC and the Travelers, where you just have to keep it in play, hit fairways, hit greens, and roll it. And he can do all of those type things. He's a great wedge player, and I just kind of like his consistent accuracy play. And he's way down there. I think he's like plus 11,000 a win or something ridiculous. Yeah, plus 11,000. That's going to be good top 40 value. I just think Perez and Labiota are two guys that we can get for top 40s and kind of lean on those and then try to take some shots with the rest of our um, picks but I think that's it for the show I'm very excited about next week we finally get to talk about the Ryder Cup Um, betting wise the betting um, like write up that I do for you guys every week I'm not entirely sure where that's going to go we're still trying to figure out um, when my betting content is going to um, transfer over to golf week so it might be tomorrow or it might be Um, the week after, or even for the Ryder Cup, because I mean, we can still bet on the Ryder Cup. So hopefully within the next like one, two, three weeks, within the next month, hopefully all my betting stuff will be on golf week. So I just got to figure out that. Um, But regardless, if the betting stuff doesn't go on golf week, the card, the T9 card will be put somewhere like Instagram story, Instagram post, TikTok. It'll, excuse me, it'll be posted somewhere. So be on the lookout for that. But Foss on social at Twilight9Pod. That is on Instagram and TikTok. My personal IG is RileyHamill underscore. Uh, email me any questions. Uh, DM me any questions you guys got going for the show. DM me some of your picks so I can steal some of your picks. I need to win some money at the start of the PGA Tour season. I had a good week one in NFL, but got to keep it rolling for golf. Got to keep it rolling for the PGA Tour. But that's it, guys. 
Um, enjoy this week. Enjoy the golf. Um, if you're a football fan, enjoy week two. Hopefully your home team wins unless that home team is who the hell are the Patriots playing? Oh, the Jets. Fuck the Jets. But for everybody else, I hope your NFL team wins. Have a great week. Enjoy the golf. And I will talk to you guys next week when we can actually talk about the Ryder Cup. I know that's how I finished it so last week. But next week, we get to talk about the Ryder Cup. Peace.